0: everybody, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 11th of September, 2022. And on today's show, takeaways from all of yesterday's Big 12 action. Texas nearly clips Alabama. BYU gets the big win over Baylor in overtime. Iowa State finally gets by. Iowa, Texas Tech gets by Houston and OT. Uh, So many more storylines. Kansas with the big win. I mean, we got a lot to talk about. One big takeaway from every single Big 12 game is coming up for you all on today's program. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Folks, number one, I need you guys to subscribe on YouTube, all right? A lot of you all have been doing it. We are less than five subs away right now from hitting that mark of 2,000. That's the goal that we set for hopefully the end of September. But we're about to get there right now. Need your all's help to do it. Please, please, please subscribe. Or to keep this push going through the month of September. Uh, this subscription push, no matter how close we, you know, when we get over 2,000, great, good to go. But let's keep getting more. Four away right now from 2k subscriptions here on youtube make sure you guys do tap the bell for notifications all that kind of good stuff make sure you find us wherever your podcast also on and on twitter at lo big 12 uh today's show brought to you guys by underdog fantasy best place to play daily fantasy as well let's get into it what a saturday of college football people were telling us about the week two slate in other leagues it wasn't as good but the big 12 week two slate was the one that we had circled months and months away when we thought about the 2022 season we knew all these matchups could be tasty we actually ended up getting matchups that were you know some of them were kind of better than we thought they would be coming in like I actually think that Texas Tech game after watching Houston in week one uh, Houston wasn't really as good of a team that we thought they were and Texas Tech you know showed us week one that was against a bad team, how good they could be. And week two, they proved it as well. Just kind of this entire thing built. And across the board, college football delivered. But think about the number of storylines that came out of the Big 12 alone this weekend. Some of the biggest games, and I'll tell you what, I'm a combat sports guy. A lot of you all know uh, who follow this, uh, you know, kind of know that. I want to say this about the Big 12. Like the Big 12 is, um, you know, we talk about how competitive it's going to be if you're like a boxing fan, this is like welterweight. This is the division where like all the teams are, everybody that you want to watch, all these teams, they can go and play or fight different guys, you know, from different conferences, right? We had competitive games this week between teams, of the big 12 and the SEC. We had one uncompetitive game, at Kansas state. We'll get to that in a second. We have, you know, fun games between an independent uh, between Iowa state, Uh, independent being BYU. Uh, Iowa State and Iowa, not a fun game, but still really close, fun competitive. The AAC between Texas Tech and future Big 12 member Houston, and also great in-conference games as well, like the game that we got between Kansas and West Virginia. This is the best division in football. You know what I'm saying? It's it's the most fun division. It's the most fan-friendly division in football right now. The Big 12, you know, there's all these existential questions being asked in the SEC. Oh, no. Is Bama as good as they always are, right? What's happening in that Big Ten West? The Big Ten West is a complete disaster, complete you-know-what show right now. Uh, the Pac-12, you know, some concerns out there after the week one that they've had. Look, I'm not saying the Big 12 is isn't go through this year unscathed, but the amount of fun that we're having talking about Big 12 games is ridiculous, um, this is, this league has been a lot of fun so far just through two weeks. I know, but you know, the first conference game of the year ended off in a walk-off pick six and overtime. I mean, how do you, how do you beat that? So I just want to mention how awesome the big 12 football has been through a short period of time so far this season. It's the fighter, uh, it's the fighting division. It's, it's the fan friendly fights division. I should say, you know, all these competitive games I'm looking at it guys. We got one, let's see, two, uh, three, four, Four games that were one-score games. One of them that was not a one-score game, the Kansas-West Virginia game, uh, it went to overtime and ended up not being – it really was a one-score game, but it ended up not being. And that game between Oklahoma State and Arizona State was semi-close at certain points in time. So all that stuff was pretty exciting. One takeaway, because we don't have a ton of time, obviously, on these shows. I mean, I could spend hours and hours and hours – talking about all of these games. But I'm going to give you all one big thought, one big takeaway from each of the games that we saw across the weekend in the Big 12, and let's start with a big one, Texas and Alabama. If you guys want a full breakdown, I went on with Jonathan Davis on Locked on Longhorns to go through like the game piece by piece. But the number one thing I want to take from this is that Steve Sarkeesian, um, all across the board, you know, I'm not, maybe not so sure much when Hudson Carr went out, but the game plan was really there. Um, the thought and the preparation and the way that they attacked Alabama on both sides of the ball, I think spoke to a maturity for him as a coach, a really good game plan. And just knowing, you know, not nothing to do with him and Saban. It's just, look, where's Alabama week the offensive line. Okay. Let's get after Bryce young. We'll, we'll get after him, you know, in a bunch of different ways, right? If you have a guy like that, who won a Heisman trophy, sometimes getting after him can be a bit difficult. It, it can be challenging, uh, you know, but, but, and, and especially we send the same stuff at him over and over and over again, they didn't do that. They attacked in different ways. They sent blitzes from all over the place and they try to make him as, as uncomfortable as possible. Look, the one play at the end of the game where Bryce young makes a ridiculous play. I actually thought it was a pretty good play call of blitz off the edge. Just a Heisman play was made. Sure, I know there was a whole whatever, but that, that was tremendous game planning, tremendous pressure the entire evening, entire afternoon, And then on offense, like I know Quinn Ewers goes out of the game, but their plan with Quinn Ewers in the game was the right one. It was a strong plan, and they spread the ball and attacked all the different parts of the field. They knew that everybody was saying, hand the ball to Bijan, hand the ball to Bijan, hand the ball to Bijan. We knew this offense would be at its best if they attacked every different part of the field and tried to use all of the guys that they have at their disposal. I thought the plan early to get Bijan the ball, to get Roshan the ball, to get Tavian Sanders the ball, to get Jordan Whitting. There was one, I think it was a couple in a row where Jordan Whitting, he just kept getting the rock to get um, uh, Xavier Worthy involved and to get them not just involved, but at different parts of the field, right? I think a couple throws to Woodington on that left side, that throw on the right outside that Quinn Ewers had to um, to Xavier Worthy, the throw down the middle that Worthy. I know he didn't catch it, but look, man, like they were attacking all the right places. And I thought the game plan... I know Alabama was really sloppy. It barely resembled an Alabama team with the lack of discipline that they showed, but Texas up front, especially was there the whole day. They kept coming the whole day. They were there to play the entire day and they took advantage for the most part of Alabama mistakes. Now, look, I know the safety, the safety discussion is there. I know the field goal miss is there, but Steve Sarkeesian had a blueprint here for him as a head coach that could work moving forward, like being prepared, being more disciplined and fighting through whatever adversity came your way, whether it was missed kicks, whether it was injury to the quarterback, like just staying in the game, Texas stayed in the game. They stayed in the game. The Heisman trophy winner landed a couple punches there at the end. He almost had him on that blitz. Sometimes you get beat like that. And when Texas goes up a level, the sec, look, I think sometimes they'll be the ones doing the beating, And sometimes they're the ones who get beaten and it's just going to happen like that. But if they can recreate what happened today with the preparation, with the or yesterday rather, with the preparation, with the focus on both sides of the football and staying in the moment and recovering, you know, from whatever happens, they will be just fine with Steve Sarkeesian at head coach. So I thought his game plan was what stuck out to me and how they executed that. Now, there were some issues Hudson Carden, came in, I thought they got a bit more timid, but generally speaking, the performance from Steve Sarkeesian was a very good one. And the, and the the team, the way he kind of led that team in a way. Um, all right, the second game. Let's just go let's just go chronologically throughout the day through the big games, just to make this easier. Kansas State just puts the hammer on Missouri. At one point, they forced four consecutive turnovers, all via interception. They were like all in Missouri's half. I thought this game could be close. And to be honest, it had a chance to if Missouri's offense could get anything going. Uh, there was some stalling, and this game could have been like 60 to 12 in the end, but there was some stalling from the Kansas state offense in the end. The thing is Kansas state's offense looked pretty human, especially through the air. Martinez was good early on, but ends up nine for 20 for one Oh one. And that's what I'm talking about. The second half, there was some, or yeah, I think yeah, the second half was all the interceptions having a lot of football yesterday. Um, but they, they could have, they could have put this one away a little bit earlier. Missouri was just kind of hanging around. as was like a, like a 20, uh, I forget how much it was like 17 points kind of around there for a lot because it just felt like they weren't cashing in repeatedly over and over and over again. I'm going to go find those, um, the touchdown drives in the second half. So, interception followed by a field goal, interception followed by a missed field goal, interception followed by a field goal, interception followed by a touchdown. So, four Missouri turnovers uh, ends up netting, let's see, 13 points. It it could have been more, it could have been over faster, but they end up, they end the game pretty well. So, you know, I'm not sure too much to complain about for Kansas State. Maybe in the end, you know, when there's a team that is, uh, fighting you tooth and nail, but they started off fast. Who's fun? 24, 145 and two scores. I mean, good God. The quarterback running game alongside, alongside, I mean, they've got this really awesome rushing attack that, hey, man, they, they might not need to be tested for a while now in the passing game because of how dynamic it is. And if their offensive line can keep performing like they did yesterday, they're going to be in pretty good shape. Now, it wasn't great the entire way, but – they didn't play fantastic football on offense. They they were, I mean, they were gangbusters on defense. Um, but they didn't play fantastic offensive football. They going to have to. That defense, just all of these guys, so disciplined. The tackling was really good, ball hawking, making catches in the rain. I mean, execution on defense was effing phenomenal. They're not ranked right now. The new AP poll came out. We'll get to that a little bit. It's top 25 team though. That's top 25 team, right? They don't care what anybody else says. I don't care how bad, you know, Missouri might or might not be this season. That is a top 25 football team. We watched there the other day. All right, going down the line and uh, the, the games that were like not as good, we're not gonna spend as much, as much time on, but uh, also in the big 12 um, in terms of chronological order yesterday, here come the two three-point games that were drastically different. Iowa State 10 to seven. What's the one big thing here? Matt Campbell getting finally having his team get the job done. Oh my God, their execution was horrible. It was horrible. They were so close to scoring. They had the red zone, uh, the red zone turnovers. But this Iowa offense was so bad, and the defense was so good. I mean, Iowa State's offense was the much better unit. They were moving the ball around. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll really tell you what about about Xavier Hutchinson. I have not given him enough credit as a player, 11 for 98 and one touchdown. It's the most any single player had in terms of like, you know, a skill position player had in terms of oh, actually, no, excuse me, Gile Brock ran for hundred yards, but 27 carries uh, Hutchinson 11 for 98 for a touchdown. This guy, I mean, against Riley Moss, just sunned Riley Moss, who is a really good player in the secondary to make that touchdown grab. Having a player like that, the fact that he came back, allowed them to win this football game, having a player who was that good than Will McDonald lost his turnover too, like, Those two guys in the the game that Matt Campbell has not won, the two vets from the team that should have been better, come back to this team and get the win on the road. Those two guys are my big thing. Obviously, the big thing is Matt Campbell getting getting over the hump. But McDonald played a good game. Hutch had an amazing game. Deckers was not scared, despite the fact that there were mistakes. They hung in there tough. They won the game. It was dicey there at the end. But Iowa State gets the job done finally, over iowa they get to two and 0 they're right there folks they're right there it's a really good football team welcome back to the, uh, welcome back to the big 12 mix it feels like we should enter them in the mix already next game we're going to is texas tech versus houston what do i have to say about this one well um i would say donovan smith the three second half interceptions the fact that this guy mentally was there in the end of the game to make that third and six play a third, third and six fourth and 20 play when they needed to fourth and 20 backs up against the wall. They get the fourth and 20. They go on in overtime to win this football game. Donovan Smith finds the end zone in the win. Texas tech, another favorites storms the field and they threw the ball 58 times yesterday. Um, Donovan Smith carried 20 times technically for 28 yards, a touchdown, Taj Brooks, 18 for 80 and a score in this game. But Miles Price, he catches a touchdown as well. I mean, a bunch of guys in this game. They have four separate receivers who had at least five receptions. They spread the ball around very well. This was just this was a weird game to watch because it's kind of back and forth. Texas Tech was up 17 to 3. You knew the comeback was in Houston. They take the lead late and they get the overtime. And then we go to double overtime where you see Texas Tech get this win. Donovan Smith just not playing the best of games with the fact that he can win you a game against a really good team. We know that now for sure. We saw it last year against Iowa State. We know it, though, once again. This guy might not be the polished player that a Tyler Shuck is, but you got to respect his ability both on the ground and through the air and no matter what happened, he was in at the end. And fourth and 20 makes it happen. They win this game 33-20. Joe and Maguire's boys are off and running. All right, quick word from our sponsors, and then we will continue on with podcast business talking more of these games. Oh, you games to look at, and also the Baylor game that we have to look at here pretty well. Kansas gets a win, too. All right. Today's show is brought to you by Underdog. Underdog Fantasy. Is the easiest play uh, place to play if you guys want to do college football or pro football investment. Guys like Mark Cuban, Kevin Durant, Adam Schefter have all gotten in on Underdog. Underdog's got amazing customer support, it's top notch, best in the business. Um, and also, you guys can go over there today and sign up, and they'll double your deposit. So, if you use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L O C K E D O N, locked on, they will double your deposit there at underdog today once again promo code locked on at underdog fantasy they also have an app as well okay uh let's go next to the kansas jayhawks six o'clock espn plus one big thing in this game is that lance leipold has this team so well organized and believing guys they were down i mean i thought it was 14 nothing I put a wrap on this they scored 21 points second quarter now Look, West Virginia had 14 of their own, but Kansas needed all that man. They needed that offense, and as since the first quarter, 21, 21, 14, 7, and 13 is what they score in this game. Absolutely fantastic offense. 18 for 29 for 219 three scores. They ran for four touchdowns on the ground as well. They got the game-winning pick six. Um, you know, that, that helped them seal this thing. I mean, this was, there was a, there was a series here in that, in that first half, touchdown, 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 end of half, then touchdown to start off the second half. Like KU was just so resilient in this game. You'd see them take that early lead, but no, man, they're, they're out there. Uh, and they were fighting from the word go. I was able to catch all of this game, obviously, other stuff happening. I didn't take a little bit of a break also uh, from from the football, but watching the end of this game to see them in overtime get the touchdown and then to get the interception and to see – I forgot I got the pick six. but Guy returns it the entire way, like no getting down. He was going to go punch that thing in. And as tough as this is for Neil Brown and company, KU is – they've got ten attempts to get one win, to hit their over on the season. Th- that is that is impressive. I, mean, I know they played Tennessee Tech first, whatever. But they've scored 110 points in two games, guys. 110 points in two games for Kansas football. We're talking about here. They're doing it in a variety of ways. And Lance Leipold, you just gotta think that that the as, as we're recording, I just saw the Nebraska news about an hour ago. Uh people are going to call, Lance Leipold, man. Like he just he's got this program in a spot where they've got good, he used to have good players in the last miles. They're organized. They're confident. It's like, you know, it's, they're everywhere. It, it just feels like they've got this um bubbling confidence, even when they're down 14, nothing on the road at night, that didn't seem to phase them at all. And it's all credit to their coach, Lance Leipold, it's credit to the players too for buying in, but it's Lance Leipold who's got this group, this collective where they are right now. Baylor BYU is the next game that we're going to hit. I know it's out of chronological order, but I need to hit that one right now. Um so Drake Toll will cover this more on Locked on Baylor. He'll have more for you guys in this game. But I also love having a late night game. It was nice to see this. Um, BYU needed to win this game, I thought, because back-to-back wins to Baylor, especially if it was as comprehensive as it was last year, but like, you get a comprehensive loss against Baylor in 2021. They come to your place and beat you in 22. That's going to reset some things, for me at least, about – where is BYU when they come in this league? They got grown men, we know that, and they didn't have Puka Nakua or Gunnar Romney at wide receiver, we knew that too. But for them to go out there and Jaren Hall, I thought was at a, at a star making, and he's already a star too, but like a really star performance 23 of 39 in most efficient numbers, 261 in a touchdown. Um, he was making plays when he had to all night long, I thought. And really, the big player for them too is Chase Roberts. The freshman who, um, you know, wide receiver in the trick play throws for a touchdown and also catches a touchdown, and goes for 122 and a score. They needed a guy like that to show up tonight on uh, a night when the receivers weren't there, and they got it. Their defense played very well. I'll tell you what, though, Blake Shapin was not as good as I thought he'd be in this. Well, actually, no, I did talk about this game. Uh, Baylor could not run the football as well as they'd like to. They just could not do it. They ran the ball well last week against Albany, and it just didn't work. They could not establish that run. And the passing game just couldn't really get going to college kickers at impact. This was an overtime was a really close game. I expected that, but it was back and forth game in the second half. But BYU just, it felt like they had more in the tank the entire time. I felt like their playmaking ability. I trusted a bit more in a game they needed to have with the home crowd behind them. So they had to win this game, I think for in terms of like the big 12 expectations and kind of the narrative stuff. And they got the job done. I don't think it's a crushing blow for Baylor at all. But the one big thing is BYU I thought they kind of needed this. I thought they kind of needed this to prove, hey, we're going to the Big 12 next year. Uh, We can compete at the top. We beat the Big 12 champion from last year at home. Uh, You know, once again, this team, I think, for Baylor is going to be really good. I wasn't as sold in the beginning as everybody else was because I thought they had a long way to go with some growth that needed to occur. But they end up getting the job done BYU does, um, and they needed that. And they go down to number 12 in the country. All right, last few games here. I have nothing for you on Tarleton, TC. Did not watch the second of this game uh, before the day. Uh, Steven Simcox, will have more on you. Guys, I was watching Big 12 football from noon, 11 a.m. in that game for Baylor and, you know, like, like 1 or 32 o'clock in the morning for me. Uh, Max Duggan threw five touchdowns in this game is what I'm seeing right now. Kendra Miller uh, ran for 100, or excuse me, the team ran for 180 yards. Um, and so they spread the ball around and beat a bad Tarleton team. Don't have much else for you there, but it's good to get Max Duggan going. Especially when we don't know how long Chandler Morris is out. Sonny Dykes is saying that it might be a he might be questionable for the SMU game. We'll see, but um, yeah, it's good to see that Max Duggan, you know, is a guy twenty some starts as a backup quarterback. It's nice to have. Oklahoma State thirty four, Arizona State seventeen. Um, plotting performance. Still got some concerns about the defense. I know they bowed up some in the second half. They allowed 354 total yards. Um, The run defense was good again. So that's the one thing we're seeing. Like, this is the theme. The run defense for them is really good, and they got off the field a bunch on third down. So I think those are the positive things I'm going to take from this game. Uh, Spencer Sanders was 21-38 of for 268 and two scores. Dominic Richardson had himself a game on the ground, uh, 131 in the touchdown. Just one of those games where – not just the passing game was like 120% in sync in this one. So having a guy like Richardson that could just ride was really good for them. And they did, they, they rode him to a win and Sanders was pretty good. The interception, you know, obviously it, it is whatever, like he, it, those happen. Those will happen with him. Um, but a three touchdown game for him finds the end zone on the ground again. So they were able to stretch this one out in the end. I would call it a workman like win was my takeaway watching it just, it was never really out of reach, but it, it was never like directly, you know, Arizona State could just grab the game back and take it. So that's good. They're kind of a Oklahoma State win. I will say, like, that's they're ranked eighth now. I I know I know it's careful with the rankings and stuff because this year it feels like that there's not as many good teams as there normally are. I'm not positive they're the eighth best team in the country. Ninth, eighth, whatever they are now. Not positive they're that they're that they're that number. The same goes now for the Sooners, who I'll talk about here last like Oklahoma it's it's clear they're still working on some things on offense that first half was not good right defense was really good defense was awesome this game um offensively some 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 things to work on there in, in that first half numbers for Dylan Gabriel come out looking fine 21 to 28 for 296 and three scores um and Marvin Mims had a monster game monster game but uh yeah this was a this was a slow burn for them that third quarter was explosive, but up to that point, it was not a it was not going very well for Oklahoma. Uh, they were only three for twelve on third down, too. So that's something you have to watch. But they get the win, they blow them out second half. The good news is like for them to launch them, they're actually their schedule favors, and I've said this all year, it's a really nice schedule because look at that kind of launching pad they're gonna have. UTEP Kent State, fine at Nebraska after firing their coach. I know it's such a massive rivalry game, but like let's be honest, this is kind of kind of a nice little ramp into conference schedule because then you have at uh, you have Kansas State at TCU in Texas. That's a very difficult three-game stretch you've got in, in conference play. They could win all three of those very well. It would probably be favored to win all three of those games. But kind of a nice runway for them to get their identity and things together. Nebraska on the road next week. They will be favored. We'll see does firing Scott Frost light a fire underneath that team. And also going to be fun to see Casey Thompson going back up against uh, uh, OU once again. See that matchup again. But there it is. One big thing from each of those games, those last two of you guys missed them. Plotting performance from Oklahoma State. That was kind of my big thought. OU still coming together, right, is kind of the thought with that. TCU, it's nice to have Max Duggan uh, in that situation. Um, With Texas Tech, great win for them. Donovan Smith, the big takeaway. Gutsy performance. Um, West Virginia get one. We'll talk more about them later on. But KU got it. organization was great. Baylor BYU, obviously BYU needs it, gets it. Iowa State gets the huge win. Texas shows they belong. Kansas was fantastic. Kansas State, their defense, good Lord. So there's some takeaways for you guys. All right, one more word from our sponsors, and then I will get out of here on this Sunday. Today's show is brought to you by the folks at LinkedIn, LinkedIn Jobs. The best place to post your job, to find people for your company is LinkedIn. As you guys get fired up during this fall, you need to find the right people to help your team in small business. Fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to hire faster. And you guys can do it also for free. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Every single week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, guys, make sure you follow us on Twitter at lo big 12 Make sure you follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Follow the show. Where we're with your podcast and on YouTube as well. Make sure you guys subscribe. Push, push, push for 2,000. Uh, make sure you guys make that push. Help us out. Appreciate it very much. All right, my friends. So next time, as always, stay safe.